Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Okay, so we're dealing with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, this part 7. Um, we, we're just going to run it up tonight. Need to end here. There's still so much to say, but we need to end here. Praise God. All right. Again, our test is still John 1 16. Uh, the key point is John 1 16. And he said, Of his fullness I will receive, and grace for grace. Amen. Praise the Lord. Fullness I will receive, grace for grace. And that's what we're dealing with. That the Lord is granted unto us abundance of grace by and through the Spirit. And everybody who is a believer is supposed to benefit from the Spirit. Like I'm going to find the scriptures. And so in John 3 verse 34, uh, the Bible says, For the he who God has sent... Speak at the words of God, for God given not him, I mean the spirit by measure unto him. We've explained that expensively. God did not give the spirit to Jesus by measure. So Jesus have the full measure. So if Jesus have the full measure, when you receive Christ, you're receiving all of the full measure that's in him. You can't receive him and receive parts because the whole measure of the spirit is in him. So if you have Christ, you have the full measure of the spirit. Because there's no way you're going to receive Christ and then you're having a measure of the spirit. No. It doesn't have to be. You know, but so the point now is because you have the full measure of the spirit, like I keep on explaining, every circumstance you find yourself, there is an aspect of the spirit that is triggered to meet that need. Did you get that? Right. So, if for instance, in a situation, what you need is wisdom, then out of that abundance, wisdom flows out for you to be able to solve that problem. I don't know if you're getting there. Right. That is just what it is. So, wisdom comes out of that. If you come into a situation where you need power, but I don't mean to do some miraculous, maybe praying for somebody who is sick, then the place of power or the grace of power is released because everything is right inside. Now, but the key point is that you've got to recognize this fact and you have to believe it that this thing is real and is resident in me. You understand what I'm saying? Right. When you have that mindset or that consciousness, when you pray, you pray with conviction. You pray with faith because you believe. You know, believe and faith are synonymous. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So, you, you just pray that way. Yesterday I was speaking to somebody on the phone. And uh, the person just called me. And I just asking questions. And the next thing I was giving direction. I was speaking to the guy in relation to his place of work. You understand that? Everything was just flowing in relation to his place of work, what he must do, and all of that to keep his job. But I never intended that. But that is what the individual needed at that time. You, you understand what I'm saying now? Right. It just comes out. It's not something you premeditate. No, you don't premeditate. You just speak. It comes out when a situation presents itself that need. An influence of the spirit, it just comes out naturally. So everything I was speaking to the guy was like prophesying. But I was just speaking, it was just natural. As soon as I held the phone, held the voice, everything started coming out. Everything just started coming out like that. I mean, that is just it. So, walking in that which is called the supernatural, or by the Holy Spirit, is so natural. It's not something that you have to do some things to be able to get it done. No. It just comes out naturally. You understand that? Praise God. 
You know, a few days ago, I was telling my wife, I was just feeling depressed. I wouldn't know how, but I was telling her, I'm, I'm just getting depressed. No, but when we came to service, if, if you can remember, I said, I have a sense of joy within me. You remember that? Good. By the time I was out of the service and went back home, all the depression disappeared. Everything that was heavy just lifted. It flows when you need it. You understand what I'm saying now, right? So the key point is recognize that this thing is in you. The Holy Spirit is in your life. It's there. Resident. It's not leaving you. It doesn't come and go. Praise God. Okay, let's read again. First, um, first Kings, I'm oh, sorry, what first Kings 12 verse 4. As we are running up, I think we just need to touch this. We just need to touch this. Hallelujah. Yeah. Message translation. First Corinthians 12 verse number 4. God's various gift. Amen. Are handed out everywhere, but they are all they all originate in God's spirit. Various gifts are handed out anywhere. It's given out anywhere, and it's really to people. But everything is coming from where? The Spirit. So, if there's any gift you are manifesting, where is it coming from? From the Spirit. That's the main thing. Whether you're speaking in tongues, prophesying, whatever, it's coming from the Spirit. Now, you can do that if the Spirit is not in you. Is it okay? Right. Verse 5. God's various gifts or various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expression of power and in action everywhere, but himself is behind it all. And I've always explained this to you. No matter what you do, whether miracles, science, wonders, it's not you. It's God in you that is doing it. So if you pray for somebody and a girl healed, it's not you doing it. It's God in that individual that is doing it. That's why Jesus said in John 14, in fact, he personally explained to people that he did no miracles. He said all the miracles that he performed, it was not himself. It was God that was resident in him. Now, so if you, now, if you, if you have the God in you that was doing that, why can't he do the same in you? You see what I'm saying? So you have to first develop that understanding, that consciousness that God is in you. <laughs> you understand that? So even if you are praying for somebody, you just begin to know it's not you, it's God that wants to do the work. I don't know if you are getting this. You have to first develop that consciousness. And once that is established, you are fine. You are fine. Once you know it, it's settled. Because it's there. You see what I mean? That means everybody that carries God can do something. And we all as believers, we have God within us. It's part of our inheritance. The power that raised Christ, remember that, is resident every man. So then you can manifest God in any situation. Because Jesus said, don't think I'm the one doing all of those things. It's the God that is in me that is doing them. So if God that was in Christ doing all the miracles and God is in you, what are you expected to do? You should do whatever thing you are supposed to do. It means you can also agree that God equips certain individuals specifically for specific miracles. That is true. I, I know, for instance, that a minister and uh, is all that all that he could do was heal headache. You know, if you have headache, it touches you. Your headache is gone. He can't do any other thing more than that. There are things like that. You understand that? First Corinthians, even the 12 are reading, the Bible tells us all are not miracle workers, all are not. You understand that? Fine. There are degrees, yes, of that power that flows through some individuals. Like in the grace of Christ, we already know God anointed with Holy Ghost and power, right? There were specifics, yes. But that is not to say you can't pray for the sick and be healed. You understand that? There are unique graces, I know. We are not doubting that. But knowing that God is in you means you can do something. Amen? 
Wisdom is not ascribed to anybody to be the only one that has wisdom. I'm not sure. It's a, it's a universal grace for everybody, isn't it? Right. You don't have to say that minister, you know, is wisdom. Everything is wisdom. Oh, I know. Uh, there is this guy one time. I, I don't hear too much about him anymore. Um, the wisdom man. What's that? Mike Murdoch. Right. You know, yeah. Okay, fine. We can say that. But that is not to say you can't reveal wisdom. You, you understand that? Fine. The point is you must know that this God is in you by the Holy Spirit or through the Holy Spirit and in so doing, he can do anything. Okay. Ephesians, uh, give me Ephesians 2 and let's just look at the last three verses then. Let me see. Ephesians 2, the last three verses. Uh, let me see if I can pick that up. Praise God. Okay. Ephesians 2, the last three verses. I'm trying to see something here again too and see if I can get it. One minute and this, uh, let me try this. There's something I'm looking for that I wanted to share with you. Okay, let me try this if that is what I'm looking for. But Ephesians 2, the last of us, I'm going to read that. I'm coming just a minute. I'll show you something here. Uh, okay. Okay, that's not exactly what I'm looking for as well. Alright, so let's look at that Ephesians 2. Praise the Lord. Okay. So Ephesians 2 and uh, what verse are we doing with? Last verse. King James. Go to King James. There is something I want to show you here. King James. Okay, go to verse uh, 20. Okay, 19. Let's take 19. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Right? And that are built up Built upon the foundation of the apostle and prophet Jesus Christ is to be the chief cornerstone. And then the next is a womb all the building fitly framed together, grown it unto an holy temple. What? In the Lord. Did you get that? A womb you also build it together for what? A habitation of God through what? The Spirit. Did you see this? You are built up. As a habitation of God through the Spirit. And that's very, very important. Very, very important. Amen? Okay. Let me see this. Uh, fruitful field. Praise the Lord. Very important to catch that. You are built up at a habitation through the Spirit. That's the key point I want you to see. Amen? Good. So, who is inhabiting you? God. Isn't it? Praise the Lord. God is inhabiting you. How is he inhabiting you? Through the Spirit. Isn't it? And that's the point I want you to see there. That is this scripture I really want you to read as well. I'm trying to see if I can pick it up for you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. So, that is what the scripture is saying there. God inhabits you through the spirit. And, uh, okay, right. So, I'm going to care this for you. Right. Praise the living God. This is important. I'll come back there. So, here we go. God inhabits you, but through the spirit. Did you see it there? Fine. So, if Jesus said everything he was doing was through God. That was in him. That means now that this same God is in you through the Spirit, you can do whatever you are supposed to do. Is it making sense? Right. Because the source of his power was God. Now the source of your power is God resident in you, but through the Spirit. That is why the Holy Spirit is the ultimate when it truly comes to the issue of salvation. Is the ultimate. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so go back again now to um, First Corinthians that we're dealing with. First Corinthians, and then go to what verse are we? Go to verse seven. King Message Translation now, verse seven, First Corinthians. Yeah, Message Translation. It says, 
Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. That means God enables you to do whatever thing you are supposed to be doing. If you are a teacher, a good teacher, fine. God is behind it. If you are a good Sunday school teacher or exhorter, God is behind it. If you are a giver, God is behind it. I don't know if you are getting this. Right. It's not everybody that, I mean, no matter how you teach giving, it's not everybody that knows how to give. We all can give, but it's a grace for giving that certain individual manifests. You understand that? Right. Everyone is given something to do by God that shows who God is. Now, if you are a giver, it means you are manifesting the aspect of God, which is love. God so loved that he gave. It's a major character of God. Major nature of God. Give it. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. Amen. Now the, the variety is very wonderful. Okay. So, you, 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 that's, there's variety, there are differences. So, we are people who are good givers, we are people who are good singers, we are people who are just good people that put the chairs in order. All of these things are graces from the Holy Spirit. It's not everybody that can do that. Amen. Not everybody. Praise God. Some people can go into this hall now and see the whole chairs, you know, in have other situation. They won't say anything about it. But some people walk in, and as soon as they see the chairs not in place, something touches them. They want to put them together. They want to put them where they are supposed to be. You notice that? Good. Praise the living God. Let me anytime I'm stepping up there from the office, when I look at the seats, sometimes I come down and begin to arrange myself. It's, it's part of the, how do I describe it? It's a nature, right? And that is not in everybody. That is not in everybody. Praise God. But that's part of God. I'll call it an excellent spirit from God that is resident in some people that enables them to be able to do that. You see what I mean? Praise God. Okay. All right. So I also mentioned this uh, last week. We talked about. Matthew 28, 19 to 20, when he said, Go ye into the world, praise the gospel, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, but the key point I wanted you to know there is, Lo, I'm with you, which is uh, the verse 20, I'm with you even unto the end of the age. I am with you. Matthew 19, verse 20. Lo, I'm with you to the end of the age. And that is very, very important that you catch this. He told them, I'm not leaving you. And that's why he took us to the book of John, begin to explain. Remember that? Good. But let me show you something here now. Uh, glory to God. Let me show you something here in relation to He'd be with us. I've read Ephesians before, how much of Him is resident within our lives. So let's just quickly go down again now to. Um, let's take again. Matthew, I mean Romans, let's go to Romans now chapter 8. I'm just going to rush through this, then we'll go to the main thing that I think I need to share the spirit of God ministering to me. Matthew, I mean Romans chapter 8, look at verse 6. King James. Otherwise, we can take it from the message translation, if you will. Message translation. Take it from verse number 6. Message translation. Hallelujah. Obsession with self. King James called this to be carnally minded. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a precious, I mean, a spacious free life. Okay? Now, if that is confusing you, just bring this again in King James, then we'll go back. King James. Look at it. For to be carnally minded is dead, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Did you get that? Right. What is carnally minded? To think of self. Go back now to message translation. The same verse. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into what? Open. Into a spacious free life. And to be spiritually minded. What does it mean to be spiritually minded? To give attention to God. Did you get that? Praise God. Okay. Verse 7. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Can I hear an amen to that? 
Yeah, when every, every bit of your attention is self, 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 you put God aside. You're just thinking about yourself. Everything about you is self. When it comes to that, it becomes an issue. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God. Ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores who God is and what he is doing. Now, how do you think? Remember, we are saying God in you is what manifests all of the glory. Now you think in self, you're putting God aside. How are you going to be able to manifest the glory now? All the miracles, all the signs, whatever. How are you going to manifest it? Because you're putting God aside, you're thinking of self. In the same dimension, when you're praying or doing certain things, get your mind off yourself, focus on who? On God. Are you following me? Because when you become self-obsessed, when you be, begin to think so much about yourself, you're putting God aside. Even when you're praying, you're thinking about self, and you're putting God aside. That is why it's very much important and easier to pray in the Holy Ghost. Much more important and easier to pray in the Holy Ghost because when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you are not thinking. <laughs> Your mind is up. Even if you could be hundred, one mind, but you're speaking in tongues, you're still communicating. You understand what I'm saying? Right. You can't be easily distracted. Even if you're seeing things, maybe you're walking, praying in tongues, you're seeing things. Whatever method your mind is talking about, the real thing is your spirit is communicating with God. Sooner or later, you're going to get results. You understand what I mean? Right. So when you become self-obsessed, there is no way you can manifest the graces that we're talking about in the spirit. Because remember, God dwells in you through what? The spirit. Right. Now, so now, you can't manifest any of the gift of the spirit when you are self-conscious. When all that you think about is yourself, it becomes impossible. Did you get that? Right. Praise the Lord. Look at the next thing. Verse number eight. And God is in place. I've been ignored. And like that. Oh, glory to God. You see, you're praying and you are ignoring God because you're thinking of somebody. Sometimes you even place somebody ahead. To think of when you pray, you're thinking that the person is going to be the one to solve your problem. You're putting God aside. You understand that? Somebody walked to me once in the office in counseling section. He was talking and I said, listen to me. You know why you're not getting results? No. Your mind is already on somebody. Who's supposed to be your uncle. The best way to get answer from God is to be on a neutral gear. When you're in a neutral gear, you're not going forward, you're not going backward. You are neutral. You understand that? You are neutral. You just pray. Just You are just free. Remember he told us, free special space in life is given to you when you place God in your front. But this time you just stay in there and say, God, here I am. The key point is your will be done. So whatever thing you're looking for, you're just asking God, I need this, I need this. Don't have anybody in your mind as to who will provide it. You, you understand what I'm saying? Except on this condition. Somebody gives you a promise. I'm going to give you some money. And then you can tell God, all right, he said it with his mouth. So, make him bring the money. I don't know if you're getting that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong you can pray that. I believe. Because that's why in Ecclesiastes it tells you, when you go to church, you better mind what you say. Don't vow, make vows because angels are there. If you make vows, you pay your vows. Otherwise, they destroy your properties. Destroy your business. Don't make vows that you can't pay. <laughs> so when you tell somebody, I'm going to do this, you better say by your word. Otherwise, God is going to tell, that individual will tell God, this man told me this, and he hasn't brought it to pass, so you better talk to him to bring it. You see that? Okay. But the key point is, God is not pleased when you ignore him. Put him at the center when you're praying or whatever it is. Okay, next verse. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, can I hear an amen? amen. <laughs> That's Ephesians now. You see that? If God has taken residence where? In your life. How is he taking residence in your life? Through the Spirit. You see that? Good. You can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. So your attention should be on the Spirit. 
anytime. Be conscious of the spirit. Are you with me? That's the key point. If God has taken residence in your life, you don't have any room to ignore him. I'll be thinking more of yourself. No. Hallelujah. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, that spirit of Christ, won't know what we are talking about. <laughs> I need you to just meditate on this. Anyone who do not have this understanding, this consciousness that there is this invisible God dwelling in your life by the spirit, you can understand what we are talking about and you can make use of him. You can allow him to function because you are not conscious of it. You don't believe it. But he's saying the people that can understand what we're talking about are those who really understand the fact that God is where? Within them. He is taking residence in your life. You see, taking residence is not like Jesus is passing this way. It was good that Jesus was passing this way before he went to the cross. But after the cross, he's not passing this way. It's resident. Are you getting that? Yes, there was a time he was traveling. So we come to tell saying Jesus is passing this way, is passing this way. Did you hear that song before? We used to sing it. Yeah. But understand he came to me at the end of the day. He's not passing by. He came to reside. In fact, Revelation 3, I think 20, he said the same thing. If I knock on your door and you open, I will come in and sup with you. How can somebody who wants to dine with you be passing? And anytime somebody comes to dine with you, in the Hebrew culture, basically, that's entry the covenant. So when he says, I will come and dine with you, sup with you, he's coming to a covenant relationship with you. You see that? So how can somebody who has come into a covenant relationship with you be just passing by? And the good thing is this, if somebody enters a covenant with you, you can't harm him and he can't harm you. Both of you have become one. That's how powerful that I will stop with you really means. We become one. We are one blood. One, you know, I can't harm you, you can't harm me. Check out the Old Testament. Any nation that make covenant with Israel can't fight Israel. Neither will Israel fight them. I don't get what I'm saying. So peace is established between you and God. He has come to take residence to you. You've partaken of the same meal. And what's the next thing? Anything you want to do is stand by you. That's why in Israel, remember, they could invite Israel, Judah, whatever, invite the next nation to come and join them to do what? To fight. Anybody that entered covenant with, he stands to fight them and fight the other enemies with them. So, if Jesus has taken residence with you, both of you are entering into a covenant, what happens to your enemy? He's taken care of them. Because you are a covenant person. He won't allow you to be killed. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you getting anything from this? Go to the next verse. What's the next verse? Okay, verse 10. But for you who welcomes him, praise God, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. Praise the living God. This is the thing. So, you walk in and say, but if, if God is in me, look at me. If God is in me, Lord. No, 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 no. That's your soul. That's not your spirit. We're talking about walking in the spirit, revealing what the spirit gives to your spirit, right? So all of the same factors are manifestation of your flesh, your flesh realm, your soul realm. They have nothing to do with God resident. God is not resident in your soul. He's resident in your spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, you need to meditate on this. So that when you're praying, well, it's good. I have one brother like that, an uncle, if I may use the word. Anytime he wants to praise, Lord, you know nobody's right before you, nobody's righteous before you, you know we're all sinners. You promise to forgive our sins, forgive our sins. You know, that's how he introduced his prayer. Man, there's nothing wrong, it's fine. <laughs> but why not you just simply go say, God, thank you? Amen? Thank you for your love. Thank you for your. Yeah. I mean, you already one with him. It's your fleshly nature that's telling you or reminding you of your sin all the time. Even the one he has forgiven you, you still don't have forgiven yourself. 
<laughs> is that okay? No, that's the truth. That's why you see people say, everybody in this world is a sinner. No matter how, he's a sinner. And the Bible says, all are sin and come short of the glory of God. Alright? You understand that? That's how we quote it. And we think we are very righteous, we are very humble. But God is saying, that's not what I'm saying. The glory of God is Christ, so you are not short of the glory of God anymore. I sent you my glory, I gave you my glory. Amen? You are not short of his glory anymore. We are talking of his fullness, of Christ now. How can you be talking about missing his glory? Who is the glory? Christ is the glory of God. Hallelujah. So look at that. For those who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at the next thing. In this time to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he will do the same thing in that he hid in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. Hallelujah. When God lives and breathes in you, take note of that. And he does as surely as he did in who? In Jesus. You are delivered from that dead life with a spirit living where? In you. Your body will be as alive as that of Christ. Hallelujah. Did you see that? This is a point. If you can come to this understanding, if you can come to this knowledge that God resides in you, dwells in you. I mean, then you can't be thinking about self or whatever. You just know that God is resident. Praise the living God. And in so do, you can do anything you want to do, anything that God wants you to do. Anytime, you, I mean, it just flows through because he's resident in your life. Okay, so go with me to Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Let's see how we're going to be writing up. Something came up, but I don't know if I'll be able to touch it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 Read from Amplified Translation Amplified Okay Let your character or moral disposition Be free from love of money Including greed Avarice, loss And craving for earthly possession Did you get this? This what distracts you this is what takes God and makes God to have the second seat. And be satisfied with your present circumstance and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give up on you, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not. Not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsaken, nor let you down. Praise the living God. Or realize my hold on you. Assuredly not. I will not do that. So, verse 6. We take comfort and encourage and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is what? My helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be what? Terrified. What can man do unto me? Nothing. Did you say that? Since I know he is not just in, is resident in me and whatever thing I need, he is present to help. There is no question of somebody making you not to succeed in life. No way. What can man do to me? Answer that question. If God be for us, who can be against us? Did you say that? Praise the living God. What can man? Nothing. So no matter how many people are gathered together because of you, I tell you they are going to fall. <laughs> they will fall. What can man do to me? The answer is what? Nothing. 
Praise the living God. Just, just quickly jump to Psalm 118 verse 6 on that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah. The Lord is my, on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? This is what more, I mean, a Paul quoted from now. What can man do to me? With God on my inside, with God around me, with God in covenant relationship with me, with God in true fellowship with me, what can man do unto me? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. You've got to have that consciousness. Amen? Praise the living God. Man will scheme. For this question to come out shows that man will try to do something. But the Lord is saying as long as you have that conviction, he is with you, there is nothing man can do. No matter what he tried to do, they are not going to succeed. That's what he's saying. Why? Because he's in you. Praise God. Okay, go with me to Genesis 28 verse 15. Genesis 58 verse 15. 28 15. Now this is Jacob's story. He had a dream. And behold, I am with thee. He had a dream. Remember that? Good. And I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. Can I hear an amen? amen? I will keep you in all places where you are going to. In your journeys, in your traveling, I will keep you. What a promise. <laughs> oh, glory. Because I am with thee. The word with in the Greek and Hebrew too means to be in union. Meta, M-E-T-A in the Greek. It means to be in union. I'm in union with you. Anywhere you go. So let that consciousness be so developed within you. That even if you are walking the street, the Lord is with you. Amen? As I serving God is something that you don't beg people to do. If they understand what it means to be in relationship with God, what it means to be in covenant with God, you, you don't beg people to serve God. Amen? You know, I'm going to be doing a write-up recently, very soon. People talk because of the COVID-19. Yeah. They will tell you, hey, the church is not bricks and stones or whatever. What, what did they call it? Yeah. It's not bricks and mortar. The church is you. Church is inside. Eh? But Genesis 49. What did the Bible tell you? It tells you, unto Shiloh shall the gathering of the people be. Who is Shiloh? Christ. There have to be a gathering. What nonsense. Unto Chilo shall the gathering of the people be. And you are telling me he's here. The church is here. Church is not in gathering. When Paul and Silas were to be sent out, where were they? In Act 13. When they were fasting and praying together, the Spirit came and said, Separate me. Where did it happen? Was it in their homes? People don't know what they are teaching. Hebrews is a mention so clearly. Forsake not the assembly of yourself together as a manner of some is. That means there are some people who don't like going to fellowship. Because they don't know the privilege and the advantages that they get in being in fellowship. They don't understand. So you go to Facebook and say, oh, church is not in any way. Church is in you. You are the church. Praise God for your life. <laughs> Praise God for your life. Amen. So the COVID-19 for me is just demonic. To separate people from gathering together, from being in one place, to glorify God. David will say, in the congregation of the people, shall I testify of your goodness? Is that going to be in his house? Crazy teaching. Hallelujah. And people call that revelation. Forget it. There's nothing revealed there. itself. You want to break down the house of God. You want to destroy the gathering of God's people. He can't walk. It's you that will be separated and then you have yourself destroyed, condemned because you, you open up yourself. In the scripture said, three-fold cord cannot be easily broken. So when you are gathered together with people, it's not easy for the enemy to destroy you. 
But if you run alone, you are a free man. They can attack you anywhere. But here God is telling this man, say, listen to me, I'm going to be with you. I will keep you in all places where thou goest, and I will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave you, praise God, until I have done that which what I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob, I will turn off his sleep, and he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and he knew it not. And that's the main thing. That's what is happening to each and every one of us. We don't know. Now, remember, he called the place Bethel. And what was that? The house of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. What did they call it? Bethel. Formerly it was loose, but they called it Bethel. We became was the house of God. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would like to read just this thing. I'm going to round up because time is up. Praise the Lord. Mm. So much to say. Okay. Go with me to Isaiah 32. I'm not going to read straight through the scriptures. But let's take it from verse. Mm. I think the whole thing is so important. I don't know. Okay, take it from verse 1. Let's just read through it. Behold, the king shall reign in righteousness. Can I hear an amen? amen? And who is that? Jesus Christ. And princes shall rule where? In judgment. Men that are coming in agreement and alignment with who? With Jesus Christ. We are the princes. A man shall be as hiding place from the wind, which is Christ, and you, and a convert from this tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as a shadow of a great rock, in what? In a weary land. Man shall be, that man is Christ, shall be your defense, shall be your protection, shall come in terms of provision, whatever it is, in terms of what? The dry land. And the eyes of them that shall see shall not be dim. Can I hear an amen? amen. And the ears of them that hear shall not be what? Hearkened. Oh glory. And the Bible said the heart also of the what? The rash shall understand knowledge and the tongue of the stammerer shall be ready to speak plainly. Glory, glory. Okay. Then he said, the viper shall be no more called Libra, nor the, the child said to be what? Beautiful. For the vile person will speak vanity, and his heart will walk iniquity, to practice hypocrisy, and to utter error against the Lord, to make empty the soul of the hungry, and he will cause the drink of the thirsty to do what? To fail. What the drink of the thirsty? The Holy Spirit. Remember, come drink the thirsty freely. The instrument also of the call are evil. The devices, wicked devices to destroy the poor. While I wells, even when the needed do was speak at right. I'm going somewhere. But the liberal device are liberal things, and by liberal things shall he will stand. Rise up, ye women that are ease, hear my voice, ye careless daughters, give ear unto my speech. And I need you to take close attention to this. Hallelujah. The next thing. Many days and years shall ye be troubled. Be callous, women, for the vintage shall fail. The garden shall not come. I want you to understand that. When you are callous, when you're not in union, are you getting this? When you're not allowing the spirit, that's what he's trying to describe, because we're going there. Look at the next thing. Tremble ye women that are at ease. Be troubled, ye callous ones. Strip you and make you bare and get sackcloth. Upon your line, in other words, come to the place of repentance and mourning. That you are not in union with the spirit. That's what he's trying to describe. They shall lament for the tate, for the pleasant field, for the fruitful vine. Amen. Upon the line of my people shall come upon thorns and prayers. Yea, upon all the hearts of joy in the joyous city. Thoughts and brands mean things are not supposed to be. Is that okay? Why? Because you're forsaking the spirit. I'm trying to tell you this. There's a big difference between where you're union with the spirit and where you're not union with him. Amen? So because the palace shall be forsaken, the multitude of the city shall be left. The forts and towers shall be for gains and evil. A joy of asses, a pasture of flocks. In other words, where you're not in union with him, where you're not in concern with the spirit, what happened? 
other spirits come see. Invade your life, invade your system, and it's like saying you're getting destroyed. Look at the next thing. Until what? Now this thing will be happening. Until what? The spirit be poured upon us from on high. Praise the living God. And the way that I become what? A fruitful field. And the fruitful be called a counted for what? A forest. Glory to God. So when the spirit comes, your life becoming fruitful. Did you see that? Single trees, if you wait, the righteous will remain fruitful. Go back again, please, to verse 15. It's so important. Until the spirit be poured on us from on high. And that's what happened on the on Pentecost. Did you get that? The dry land will become watered. The field is becoming fruitful. And the way that it becomes fruitful field, and the fruitful field becomes counted for what? A forest. This is growth. Did you get this now? Look at the next thing. Then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness. And righteousness shall remain where? In the fruitful field. With the judgment and righteousness, talking about Christ now, coming into our life. Praise the living God. And the work of righteousness shall be what? Peace. And the effect of peace what? Righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Did you see it? When the spirit comes, that is a walk. The effect of peace and righteousness is quietness forever. No troubles, no storms. Hallelujah. Look at that again. Go back to that 17. It's important. The work of righteousness shall be what? Peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and what? An assurance forever. An assurance. Animals can come in. Demons are not coming in. An assurance forever. Praise the living God. Verse 18. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation. Can I hear an amen? And in short dwellings and in quiet resting places, my people shall dwell in peaceable habitation. Peaceful everywhere. Family prayerful. Husband and wife peaceful. Why? Because the spirit is resident. Amen. My people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation. And in short dwelling and in quiet resting world places. Why? The spirit is poured on us from where? From a high. And so that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Life began to flow in people's lives. Are you seeing that? This is the effect of the spirit. And it's not something that you are going to say, oh, I mean, this is not meant for somebody else. Amen? Praise the Lord. Look at the next thing. When it shall be hell coming down on the forest, and the city shall be low in a low place. And the next thing says, Blessed are ye, that sow beside all waters, that send forth thither the feet of the ox and what? On the axis. What is this trying to say? Send people the message to proclaim peace, to release peace so that peace can release. I mean, releasing the Holy Spirit so that peace can abide in all places. The horses here. Uh, you remember that? I taught you there some time ago. Right. The horses and the asses are the thing that trade out the corn and the wine. You, you see that? Right. Send them out. Blessed are ye that sow beside all waters. This is the spirit of seed sowing. That send forth, theater, the feet of the ox and what the ass. So that they go proclaim. Bring the harvest as the case may be. If you can go, send people. If the Holy Spirit touches you to send people a message in terms of going to proclaim the gospel, do it. I told us here last week after we sent part number five out on this message and the person just called me up and said sir can i get your your the whatsapp number i just need your whatsapp number because i need to contribute towards the data you're using is sending out the messages and the next thing i saw was five thousand mtn data on my phone just to send out messages why? Because the person was blessed. And look at that. Blessed are ye that sow beside all waters. In Ecclesiastes, he said, Cast your bread upon many waters, for in many days you can get them false. If you can go send people, we are talking of releasing the spirit into creation. 
so that peace can reign amongst men. Because ultimately you find that that's the purpose of the kingdom. Everything is talking about the kingdom. Right? Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And when you look at verse 18, it says, Those that serve God in these things, in righteousness, peace, and joy, they shall be received. Let's read that and we'll close from there. Romans 14, 17. Hallelujah. Romans 1, 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And he says, For in that he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Somebody a few days ago said a message to Pastor, I need to get understanding. So what is that? He said, A lot of people just hate me. I need favor. I say, Go and read Romans 14, 17. And 18. You want favor? Walk in righteousness with this Christ. <laughs> Do you understand that? Walk in the joy of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Manifest the peace of God. And the Bible says, Those who walk in those dimensions shall be acceptable to God and approved of man. When you approve of man, how can somebody not favor you? Because you just me, say, Pray for me. I need favor. I say, You go there, read it. The way to get favor is in Revelation, I mean Romans 14, 17 and 18. That's how you get favor. When your way pleases the Lord, you make it even your enemies to be at peace with you. It's so simple. Praise God, somebody. So friend, this is the power of the Holy Ghost as it comes upon your life, bring transformation, bring peace to you. Man, the Bible is telling us all of those jackals and enemies will come into the land. But when the Holy Spirit falls from heaven upon us, what did he say? We're going to walk in peaceful, quiet habitation, right? Peace all around. I mean, just think about it. This is going to give you wisdom in terrible situations. You know what to do, how to resolve issue. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has been poured upon us. Praise the living God. Let me leave you today. We may talk again. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email at admin at gkai.net. God bless you.